I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. They say it's hard to find good help. Well, just ask Battle, Howard, and Brissett as they lose a three-on-five game against Boston College. Our thoughts, along with Bubble Watch, as Joe sizes up the cues within the quadrants. Fan feedback from this game, that should be fun. And Clemson comes into the Dome to wrap up regular season play Saturday, March 3rd at 2 o'clock. Let's go. Make some noise, Orange fans. It's time for the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. So like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation podcast. All right, what's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. If you could please subscribe to whatever platform you listen on, that will really help us out. We'll be in your library as soon as the episode is published. We're trying to give you the most efficient relative and current show possible for Syracuse basketball and football. If you like it, please share it with your friends and family. All right. The Orange dropped to 8-12 overall, 7-10 in the ACC, losing to BC in front of 5,718 fans in Conte Forum. Chukwu, Merrick, Moyer, and Sadibi all totaled six points against the Eagles. Mark and Sadibi with zip. Sadibi, though, uh, in his defense, he only played three minutes. Mark and Moyer played a combined 44 minutes and took one shot between the both of them. Our big three scored the first 41 points. Battle finished with uh, 29 points, 7 for 18 from the floor, 10 from 11 from the line, and 5 for 10 from three. Howard with 17, 6 for 20 from from the floor. Three of those were from behind the arc. Brissett with 18. He was... Four for eight from the four, two for four from three, and eight for ten from the line. Uh, the Orange were lit up by 51.9% shooting from distance. 42 of BC's points came from three-point land. They also shot 41% overall. Kai Bowman led his team with 23 points. He was five for eight from three. The Orange turned the ball over 15 times, resulting in 19 points for BC. Syracuse did win the battle of the boards, though, 34 to 39. Uh, this was an important game, in my opinion, and we expressed that in the last podcast, Joe. Um, it just, they trailed 96% of the game, I think was the stat I saw, 96% yeah. of the game. And uh, they, they got close at half and uh, blew it. They blew it. They mm-hmm. just couldn't keep up in the second half, and it was just uh, with the fast break points and stuff. Uh, it was a free-for-all. So, Joe... We'll get into the quadrants and stuff next, but go ahead, give me your give me your quick analysis and your and your grade for this game. Yeah, the game was pretty bad. Uh, 
kind of looked like we were just almost, you know, tired from, you know, coming off of games of playing North Carolina and Duke, both back to back in the same week, and um, you know, putting kind of all that into it. I know Chuku got a little uh, banged up. Beheim said he's having a tough time jumping. Sadibi is still bothering him. I'm convinced that Moyer's foot's not 100. percent And for the first time, pretty much all season, it looks like the the big three there, uh, Howard, Battle, and Brissett kind of just said we know we don't have help and screw it we're just going to try to do it ourselves and um they gave it a little bit of a go uh made a little run when robinson went out like you said before the end of the first half but um their defense it just wasn't there when you look at the team stats what we talk about with them with them um and what they have to do to win i mean they did they got to the free throw line hit 22 and 25 we out rebounded them offensively and defensively overall um, they did, we, they did win the turnover battle 15 to 10. Um, but like you mentioned earlier, when we were talking today, um, we ended up with more points off of their turnovers than they did ours. So, um, that was kind of a wash. It just came down to the fact that they moved the they, ball very well. They were patient and they just shot the lights out. I mean, for 14 to 27, come on. They outscored so, us by one point on turnovers, but they only, we only, we scored 18 points off of their 10. They scored 19 off of our 15. Okay, okay, yeah. So, I mean, overall, when you look at that kind of stuff, it looked like this should have been a closer game until yeah, you actually closer. look yeah. at the shot percentage. When you look yeah. at uh, Boston College shooting 48% field goal percentage, 52% three-point percentage. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And then they made 19 of 24 um, from the free throw line, which is better than what they've been doing um, lately in the ACC. So we just ran into, uh, you know, a BC team that we beat pretty good, pretty handily. Um, we had a great offensive showing when we played them earlier in the season at home. And they have come off. They're coming off a three game losing streak and they come home and to exact revenge against us. And they come out and have probably one of their better offensive games of the season against us to kind of get us back. So um, that's really all I got I got for that. Uh, as far as grade goes, I'll prob- I'm will i going to go um, uh, oh C minus. And it's better that that's that's uh, yeah, I was going to go C, but just playing, that's, dude. I'm just saying it's it's overall, like I said, I look at both ways and I think that was one of our more um, bad defensive. I mean, I don't understand. You have two, three zone, you know, they're shooting threes. They only got three guys like guard the three guys, make the other two beat them. Just do it other teams do to you and just hope that it works out for you. And they didn't do that. They couldn't find the shooters. Um, and at this point they should know that. So just overall, I thought it was just a, uh, lack of concentration, kind of lazy attempt, even though they were out there playing, it was just, um, it wasn't crisp. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's all I really got to say about that. Awful, awful offense and, and, or awful defense. And, um, other than a little spurt that we went on when just uh, Robinson's out of the game in the first half, uh, our offense wasn't really great either. So, well, you know, they had their three guards made at least three three pointers. Kai Bowman was five for eight. Uh, he finished with twenty three points. Robinson with twenty two points. He was three for eight uh, from three point land. Uh, Chapman, who's, I mean, he's just dangerous. He hit five threes and scored eighteen points. No, yeah, and what did I say? What did I say? The podcast. Because he fouled out in the game at home, yes, and he had some bad true. fouls. Yeah, that's true. He, and I, I thought he was going to come back and 
Because I remember he hit three in that game early, but he had to sit out, and then he had four fouls, and he came in and got a real quick fifth. So um, I predicted that he was going to come back and have a big game against us because he's, he's that dangerous. And, and coach said he's just as good of a shooter as anybody in the league. And, oh yeah, and I mean, you know, last night he definitely was. the The rest of their team beyond those three had had twenty two points. So we had good defense and mediocre offense against Duke. We only allowed Duke to score 60 points in Cameron. And then this game was just the complete antithesis of that. Uh, I wouldn't say the offense was stellar, but it was decent. I mean, scoring 70 points is, I mean, it's decent. Yeah. It's better than it had been earlier. Uh, the, the thing that killed me was is Mark and Moyer. Okay, Mark, first of all, he looked like a ghost. Every time he got the ball was passed to him, he just he, he looked at the rim. He didn't even bother to shoot, and he was like, Nervous. He looked nervous uh, to, yeah. to me, and he was disrupted. I mean, the the 189th ranked defense efficiency in Division One basketball, and he was just jittery and nervous looking, and I was I, I boggled by it. I don't even understand it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Moyer, he's averaged 17 minutes in Syracuse last five games, scoring uh, 17 points total. Starting with NC State, he was 2 for 2. Miami was 0, zero for 0, never even shot the ball. Uh, North Carolina, he was 1 for 2. Duke, he was 2 for 4. And Boston College, he was 0 for 1. It combined 5 for 9 in the last five games. Uh, you mentioned that his foot's probably hurting him, and, I mean, it could be. I mean, he gets up and down the court okay, but, um, yeah. you know, we don't really know what's going on there. It could be, you know. So, but with, when you've got three guys out on the, on the court that are doing all the business, everybody knows where, where to go. They're not threatened by Mark getting the ball, especially when, you know, they had one, one other dude shot up a ball in the first half. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and so no one else was shooting the ball but the big three. And that's, a, that's easy. That's easy for a defense to, to um, slow them down. You know, you know we scored. Yeah. They scored, what I mentioned, uh, they scored 64 out of the 70 points for Set Howard in, in battle. So in the first game in the Carrier Dome with Cuse uh, and BC, Syracuse had 11 turnovers to Boston College's 17. The Orange scored 17 points off of those, and BC scored six. So that was one difference. In the game against, um, in the game last night on Wednesday, BC scored 19 points off of 15. So in Syracuse, like you just mentioned, uh, I just got a note here, I might as well say it. Uh, Syracuse had one of its best shooting performances of the season against Boston College, and like you said, they just flipped the script on us at home. And... Um, you know, it is what it is. I felt like this, the, it was just crushing a little bit because of how important I felt this game was. But as we'll see, you know, it ain't over till it's over. Um, I remain optimistic because there's, so you're saying there's a chance because there's yeah. still a chance, right? So uh, my overall grade for the game, though, was a, it was a D. It was a D. D minus, excuse me, D minus. So D minus. Oh. D minus. Consider all the circumstances. I know they were away. Normally, I would have given them a, a, a D, but we're we're talking about a team that we beat handily earlier. Um, what what was the stat, Joe? What was the stat you gave me today uh, from the first game? We had five guys in double digits. Oh yeah, that was the difference. The difference was yeah. that the, the first time we played them, the Moyer really didn't do too much. He only had five minutes. Howard Washington had two minutes. 
But uh, Dolce, he played 35 minutes and he went 12 points, eight, uh, eight rebounds. And That's Pascal Chukwu. And Pascal Chukwu, he went uh, 40 minutes, played the full 40, 14.7 rebounds off of six to seven shooting. So we had between Chukwu and Dolce the first time around, we had 26 points and 15 rebounds. Yeah. Um, of out of uh, and ten of eleven from from shooting field goal that was their percentage ten of eleven so, um, so I mean uh, back to my they had help that's that's my point that's my point in but they, what we, changes well I mean obviously Boston College they they've improved they were, okay they were motivated they were motivated they've improved and they came to play and not that Syracuse didn't because the hustle <clears throat> the hustle was there i feel like these guys like every game they give it their all they play their hearts out but i mean you got if you can't make a shot if you don't take a shot i mean let's come on let's go these guys battle 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 needs help battle needs yeah. help but like he's there's something goes something's going on cuz i look at something like that mark and mentally he's been i mean he's been playing pretty good and then you look back and you can say that you had one of your best games of the season, 12 points, eight rebounds against Boston College, and he's been playing good against, you know, better teams. So I just don't understand where his mental is to why this time around he was scared like he couldn't play with him when he had the, one of his best yeah, games against him. So there's just know. no rhyme or reason for this team. No, you're right. You're inconsistent right. Is, is one of the teams, is any of the Syracuse teams that i've ever seen yeah so. um well give me your final thoughts in the bc game joe that was it that was it okay <laughs> all right uh the the 14 three-pointers for boston college are the most the orange have allowed since colgate knocked down four of 35 attempts in the carrier dome on december 9th syracuse will um finish with a losing record in the acc regular season play for the first time since joining the conference and finally the orange lead the all-time series over boston college 47 to 26. All right, Joe. Um, you know, I mentioned I try my best to remain optimistic. We're looking at the quadrants here, uh, especially when dealing with Syracuse basketball. It's kind of like you mentioned today. Um, if I could only record our phone conversations, we wouldn't have to sit down and do a podcast, by the way. Uh, <laughs> That's our brainstorming. That's our meetings. Yeah, exactly. Um, as you mentioned, uh, earlier that anything it's like football anything can happen in in sports in general but you know if if the chance is still there then I'm going to remain optimistic though mm-hmm. I was a little crushed after last night we talked last week rewind just real quick if we lose against Boston College and beat Clemson it pretty much is erases that it erases that loss so we've erased a few losses this year by coming back strong against a good team so Joe where do we stand in the quadrants as of right now? What's our RPI? What's our strength of schedule looking like? Uh, just to remind us our record and um, what you had already talked about, we're 18 and 12, 7 and 10 in um, conference. And to couple up on one of your facts there at the end of um, at the end of that segment there, uh, I know you said it's, it's the first time that we've had a losing record in conference in the ACC since we joined, but to couple that stat, it's the first time since 2006 that we haven't had a, a winning record in conference, so or at least 500. Oh, so that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, as it stands, we uh, we have an RPI of 50, uh, strength to schedule 16. So we went up four points and uh, RPI and one point in strength to schedule. 
Yes, and uh, I went ahead and looked at a couple other things. ESPN does a little uh, basketball power index. They have us 52 there. Uh, I looked at Ken Palm. He's got us at 53. Uh, so we're kind of right around there in every single poll that I've seen. We're right around the 50s there and uh, right around the 16, 15, with strength of schedule, everything that I've seen. Um, as far as the quadrants go, we haven't really, we didn't move last from last week except for adding the, the tier two loss last night from Boston College. So right now, as it stands, we have the uh, five and zero oh in quadrant four, seven and two in quadrant three. Um, we went from four and two in quadrant two to four and three in quadrant two with the loss last night, and uh, finally quadrant one, we are at two and seven. Uh, so. Again, it hasn't changed, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, there's not a lot, of, not as many games going on now. Because uh, I know the smaller uh, conferences, they've started their conference tournaments, and there's less games being played. So as as we get into this weekend and then into the next weekend, uh, I mean, there's going to be a, uh, I mean, shoot, a week from this Sunday is Selection Sunday, so there's yeah. going to be less and less games played, and um, we'll be able to see things kind of start getting. You know, going from being fluid to starting to cement some spots in and see and see where we fall. But definitely need that Clemson game now. Yeah, my we, opinion, my opinion, the first must win. This is a must win. Yeah, absolutely. Am I I'm, am I too optimistic to think though, Joe? Without you going into a fifteen minute rant. Okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> am I too optimistic? Can't promise to think, anything. I know, right? I mean, am I too optimistic to think that beating Clemson, okay, just this is a hypothetical, so this is what bothers me about asking Joe a hypothetical. Uh, beating Clemson and taking, let's say we take two ACC games, wins, and get a play in a third, does that put us in? Yes. Oh, there? Wow. That's great. That's what that's. <laughs> Can we do it? That ACC bracket is going is going to get. Obviously, we're not going to be a ten seed. Well, uh, I think, I think some in some places, and like I don't see, I haven't seen where some places are uh, caught up. And I've gone been going through and looking at stuff other than Joe Lenardi. I know Joe Lenardi's. I think he had us in our last the, like what the the first four out or something like that. Um, I went and looked at Bracketville, which is technically the, the most accurate. Um. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's the most accurate website as far as bracketology goes uh, from the last five years on Bracketville. I went and looked at that. They have Syracuse as the third third team out behind uh, UCLA and Texas. So even after that loss, we're still right there. And Clemson is is a, a quadrant one win, and it's obviously it, – I mean, it's our last chance at, at getting a really good win – before this ACC tournament. Um, after that loss yesterday, I checked it out, and we have, I mean, we're definitely playing um, the first day. So there's six teams that play um, the first day and uh, don't get buys, and we are locked into one of those games. And it pretty much looks like we're locked into playing either Wake Forest or Georgia Tech. So we'll be able to exact some revenge there since those are the games that, uh, uh, that have hurt us the most this season, the the way games that we lost to them. But we're definitely gonna be locked into to one of those um, one of those games in the first day. So you beat Clemson, you play a Wake Forest or Georgia Tech. You know, you got to win one of that. You got to win that game, no matter who it is, if you want to make the tournament. And then from there, you're going to playing against just another team that's gonna help the resume. And if we were to win that game, like you said, win the two games, 
then I think we're good because even the next day you're going to go against one of the top four teams in the ACC that's had a double buy, and that's where you're talking about Clemson, Duke, North Carolina. So, um, yes, I, I do believe that that winning those will pave the way, barring some crazy other variables that I'm not going to get into. Right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, just to timestamp this episode right now, number one UVA is at Louisville. They're losing 12 to 24, I think. So, and we need Louisville to lose. And <laughs> in their last two games are difficult. Uh, UVA and then they play NC State. So them, Louisville winning does not help us at all. Uh, you can argue because Louisville is one of our better wins. If they keep losing, then it might – if it drops if one of our Quadrant 1 wins down to a Quadrant 2 win, then that kind of hurts, you know? Yeah, well, so. it's, uh, t- it was 12 to 23. I'm sorry. But anyway, all right, well, that's it for the Quadrants. And obviously this is going to be one of our last Quadrant uh, segments of the year. So uh, yeah. we'll see where we end up next after uh, Saturday. All right, go to facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. Thumb us up there. Uh, you can get on, uh, you know, you can get in this segment. This is the fan feedback segment. We're going to go over some things, a lot of negativity. I tried sifting through some stuff and finding some good things. But um, yeah, good luck with that after a loss, buddy. I didn't find much. Uh, uh, Bubba says, if Moyer plays another minute this year, I'm going to scream. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, well, you know, <clears throat> I agree with Bubba a little bit. What? Okay. I haven't been very hard on Moyer. We need Moyer because of our lack of depth. No, that's exactly I, it. I, I, w- I know, but I was ready to put him on the bus and send him back to Syracuse after the first half yesterday. Um, not impressed. And, the, and I went over his stats for the last five games. Um, he's just another body out there in, in case we have foul trouble. Um, no, that's all we need. I know. I believe you told me today on the phone you hope he redshirt or transfers. I'm pretty sure you said that. I didn't that. say I hope he transfers, Joe. I said I don't think he'll be back next year. He won't play next year with our recru- recruiting class coming in, no. and I don't think – I don't think there's. I think I think we get a lot of these guys back. I, I agree, and I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't agree or disagree with you. I'm just stating what you said. Yeah, I know. I liked him in the beginning of the year too. I just think his. I don't think his his heart's in it. Uh, John says this is rock bottom. Run off the floor by BC. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Joe, I mean rock bottom. Uh, Perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean rock bottom. There's 350 some odd schools, and we're ranked in around 50. So, yeah, how about that? Exactly. Kevin says. Now, I bring this up because I actually thought this during the game when they were when when BC was passing the ball around like that and getting kicking the ball back out and getting those open threes. Kevin says, "Glad we played zone the entire game when it was clearly not working at all." Should should have would have could have Bayheim just switched to man to man to just try it out. You're, no one can hear no. you shake your head. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. At this point, it doesn't surprise you. The only time in Beheim's coaching history that he's played man is when he's had a Lemoyne and el- we lost el- elite. And yeah, well, of course, that was to prove a point. But elite athletes that he knew could play could play man to man, and it wasn't man to man all the time. The last time I've seen him play man to man or remember him play man to man was when he had Derek Coleman and Billy Owens and Ronnie Cycli and Sherman Douglas and all those. I mean, a bunch of NBA players. So. Yeah. Um, Tom says if Tyus Battle comes back to the team uh, next year, freshman Darius Baisley and Jalen Carey will complete 
completely change the way the team looks and provide the depth we need to get back to the top of the ACC. If Battle doesn't come back, it's going to be an up-and-down year. I don't know. Joe, Joe, I would go to you on this. I I would go to you. If Battle doesn't come back, would it be another up-and-down year, you think? It's, it's, uh, you're totally projecting it, here because we don't know exactly what our freshmen are going to do. But Exactly. I think that he, obviously him being here is only going to help, but I think it also depends on that transfer that we have that's sitting out this year, Elijah Hughes. He got to play right. and, pr- and practice with the, whole, with the team this year. So, I mean, even if Battle were to leave, he'd probably step right up into that role anyway. So, I mean, the talent that we're going to have, if Battle, even if Battle leaves, is going to be good enough it's just how do we develop it throughout the year because you know they're going to be new faces playing with each other you know battle will just make it easier but it won't make it easier on Bayheim in the minutes they're going to play so yeah true but the depth will like that'll be huge that'll be well yeah huge. the depth is going to be huge but uh, I think um, like obviously battle would help because he's been here for two years he's the leader him and Frank Howard seem to have the top of that two three zone pretty good as long as you know they have people they can trust behind them, um, so obviously that would help. But I don't. I'm not. I'm not worried. Uh, it's just okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry, you were rambling. Timothy says <laughs> you weren't rambling. I'm playing. Timothy says another fantastic showing, and none of these players are worthy of the NBA. Look at look at all the past bench warmers that thought they were good enough to leave. It's really hard reading. Stuff on social media when people don't use punctuation, by the way. I do my best. Um, he, he, he mentions no one's worthy of the NBA. I mean, well, if Tyus doesn't go, if he's not projected in the first round, he's probably going to stay. I don't see anything wrong with that. And what, what, no, I mean, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good thing that none of them are seniors and they can all come back next yeah, year. Yeah, that's not really a dig. I mean, it's kind of a dig. But you got to remember all these comments to it right after the game. Yeah, so, I don't. But it's it's whatever. Hey, who cares? Like, <laughs> I hope they all come back. But either way, I mean, if they're not NBA worthy, then they don't have to go to the NBA because none of them are seniors. So, so here, let's get the opposite view of that. Thomas says, "Does Battle stick around next year? Doubt it. Brissett, doubt it. Howard, yes. Unfortunately, he's he's not a point guard. We better have a talented class coming on. Uh, well, Thomas, I mean, where you obviously don't listen." You obviously don't listen to the podcast, first of all. You don't even have to listen to the podcast. I know. <laughs> all you have true. to do is go to, go to the ESPN recruiting rankings. Um, you know, so. he's just upset. He's upset. But, yeah. you know, I get it. I get it, and I, I can sympathize with after the BC loss is, is, is one of the few times I give them, give, you, you know, I understand. Yeah. I understand it a little more. I mean, after Notre Dame, too, we were a little hard on them. Uh, but... You know, if it's possible, no, you never know. You never know when it's an over emotional fan or a troll too. So, oh, that's, that sounded that's that, true. That had, but this guy, that, that, this guy's got a Syracuse profile tendencies. picture. So, what's that? He's got a Syracuse profile picture. No, I don't care. That that had troll tendencies. That comment. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, let's see. Let's see what we got here. Let's end on a good note here. Dan says, "Damn people, I'm a I'm a lifelong diehard Cuse fan too, but." What's with some of the comments? There are still a bunch of guys busting their butts to win ball games. I hope for their sake they don't read what their quote unquote fans are writing about them on here. Dot dot dot. Dan, I highly doubt they read social media. 
<laughs> right? I mean, maybe they do. I probably would. It would kill me, but I would do it. Uh, uh, but I think they're probably so used to the ridicule. I'm not sure if it bothers them. These kids got thick skin, man. And they, they know when they screwed up. You know, now, I'd be willing to bet that Bayheim kind of gives them a little bit of a training on that on as well, as far as thing? the media. Well, just social media and media altogether. I mean, with Bayheim being in this town for as long as he has, he knows what kind of fans and media and stuff that comes up. So uh, he yeah. knows what it's about. That's true. All right, Facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. All right, Joe, Saturday, March 3rd. At 2 o'clock, Clemson comes into the Dome, senior night, last game of the regular season, wrapping up. Uh, Clemson right now is ranked 18th. I guess they'll still be ranked 18th, won't they? Yep. Yeah. So um, we play. This is our last chance to beat a ranked team, our last chance for a signature win. It's at home. It's the last game of the season. It's 2 o'clock. It should be packed in there. What do you think? I think that, again, we talked about it, must win. Got to do it. Yeah, it's just it, it's it is what it is. Because if we lose this, if we lose this game, then the task and the feat that would have to be accomplished to get into the tournament, I don't think this team has. No. I don't think the team no. has what I don't think it has what it takes. And then some of it has nothing to do with them. And some of it just has to do with the whole way that these seasons gone and their health. And I'm sorry, but you're not going to face this type of talent with the team like like. In the, the state that we're in, as far as depth, injuries, experience, so on and so forth. So, uh, again, uh, this Clemson, this Clemson one is kind of a big. It's this is definitely the the, the game of the year. Uh, that's why I, I, I pray that. I mean, there's going to be no seniors except for what maybe some freshmen. So it's not like we're going to be sending some people out on. But I pray the fans come out at two o'clock on Saturday. Uh, it should be another huge, huge, huge crowd and. Uh, Clemson, like you said, 22 and 7, uh, 11 and 6 in the ACC. They beat Florida State last night and solidified. Uh, right now they're, they have the three seed, but they solidified a, a top four seed for a double buy in the ACC tournament. Um, mm. They uh, their RPI is eight, strength of schedule 14, um, and on Ken Palm they're ranked 18th compared to our 53rd. Uh, their adjusted offense is 56 to our 126, and their adjusted defense is fifth to our 10th. So that tells you that they are a very, very good defensive team. Um, they have played a lot of close games this year. Um, very, very experienced senior. Well, not senior, but experienced team. Um, they run mostly three-guard set. Uh, Marquise Reed, 6'3 uh, junior guard, 16 points a game. Um Gabe DeVoe, 6'3 guard senior, 13 points a game. And Shelton Mitchell, 6'3 guard junior, 12 points a game. So uh, all, those guys are going to be uh, the main guys that you're going to have to worry about passing the ball around, getting it, try to get it inside, stuff like that. Uh, those, those are their main scores. They also have a 6'9 junior um, forward, Elijah Thomas, who averages 10.5 points and eight rebounds a game as well. So they don't go too deep. Uh, but again, it's just their experience and their defense has, has kept them in so many games, and that's that's why they're they're in the position that they're in. That's why they had the uh, the non conference record that they had. So it's going to be a tough game. They're going to be uh, be able to have patience to pass the ball around and stuff like that. But again, I do see 
a little bit of lack of of uh, height. And um, again, they're a 56 adjusted offense. It's not like they uh, are scoring machines. So it seems to me like they're a beatable team, but that adjusted defense fifth, it just comes down to whether or not those three guards can stop our big three and if they're going to play what kind of defense they play as far as uh, if they switch up, if they pressure, if they're go, they go full court. Uh, don't really know uh, what they plan on doing, but they're tough, man. Yeah. They are tough. They're, so they're tough, and we, we were wondering if they were kind of slipping a little bit and maybe. Well, they had that, yeah. They, Clemson, they, they had a uh, Grantham, one of their best players. He had gotten hurt, and he was out for the year. He was a 6'8 uh, senior, another forward to go along with basically the four that I mentioned. That was their starting five, and that I mean, he was a, a great defensive player as well. So who knows what would happen to, hit to, to him? I know they won a little three-game skid, but uh, they've won two in a row. And again, like I said, they they're up there. They're 18th. They're looking at a pretty good seed in the NCAA tournament, double by in the ACC tournament. So I mean, you never really know what team you're going to get. Maybe you know maybe I mean, they sleep it, a little bit you know maybe they fall asleep a little bit because maybe, you know maybe they, I mean, they know they they know they got the double bye wrapped up and and Syracuse is way more motivated <clears throat> right now well, well <laughs> they they should be i should say i don't know if they are uh they should be way but, more motivated to come out on saturday last regular season game of the season in the dome against a ranked team your your season's kind of on the line there you know yeah. if if you can't if you can't make a good showing there and win that game and bring some momentum going into the ACC tournament, I don't, I don't think you you make any noise at all. Uh, you know, your confidence is we've seen it with Merrick uh, the past yeah. couple of games. Your confidence is key when you're playing at this level, and to lose another game that would be four in a row, it would it would crush them. It would crush them, I think. And um, well, if they lose another game, then I mean, it's pretty much that's it. Well, yeah, that would be the end of the line. Yeah, that would pretty me. much be it. I mean, you could still say, "Oh, well, they could win the tournament." I mean, we've pushed off and pushed off and, and made our scenarios as the as it's dwindled down, as the as the um, as the options have dwindled. We have clung on to every one of them, and at some point, you got to give it up. And yeah. for me, it's the Clemson game. So, um, yeah, well, and, and you know what, too, at some point, I mean, like you said, a lot of it has to do with just where they are, you know, how much are they going to get some, some, some rest and, and get some training and get in the training room and get, get some therapy to get, to get help to, to be ready. And uh, where are they going to be as far as gas tank fatigue wise with the season coming to an end and stuff like that? Again, I mean, this is just your last chance. Like you said, we got to go out and give it, give it their all. And hopefully well, they look the fans, worn out. They look worn out against. Oh, no, they college. do. Yeah. But I mean, they're going to come out and still going to give it their all just like they have every single game. And we'll be, whether it be limited, whether how they're playing, they always give you pretty much maximum effort barring a few spots they, um, they throughout really the season. Have. They really have. You and can. honestly, you can just only hope that I just, I just I hope we get the, the biggest crowd that we've had all year and that the fans can come and, and reciprocate because, uh, that <laughs> we really need this this game and another thing that uh I, that's kind of a big thing is if we win this game then we stay in the 11 seed um range as far as acc tournament and the difference between being an 11 seed and the 12 seed in that acc tournament is um 
whether you play at noon on Tuesday or at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. So if we can keep that 11 spot, then that just maximizes a little bit more. It gives you another, pretty much half a day of rest to uh, be able to get ready for that ACC tournament. And um, like we said, you never really know. You get this Clemson game, and then you get that first game against Wake Forest or George Tech or whoever that is. That puts us to 20 wins. You don't know what other teams are going to be doing. And who knows? That could be enough. So um, you don't really know. Um, I I wanted to, and at some point we're going to get into the one-and-done rule and some of this NCAA stuff uh, with the investigation. We've just been so cram-packed with, with just putting on the regular show that when other stuff pops up, it's difficult. So, Well, yeah, and you know what, though? There's a lot more stuff that's going to be coming out with that investigation, especially as we get closer to the tournament and during the tournament. So, And with us being on the bubble and with um, you know, all these games and stuff, you know, we might as well just wait until all the information comes out. We'll, we'll wait let's, until it comes let's not out. Jump, yeah. Let's not jump no, to the conclusions right. like ESPN and I'm get just, a coach fired. I, I'm eager. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, eager to, I'm eager to give my opinions on the NCAA and the one-and-done rule. And what they do to these kids, and I'm just, I just. Um, oh, I know you love bashing the NCAA. No, we can I, talk about that all day long. I know exactly. that. Exactly. So I'm eager to, I'm eager to talk about it. But we'll maybe we'll make it a, a special episode sometime or something. But um, just so you know, where it's not like we're like dishing, you know, putting it aside and not paying attention to it. It's just that doing. No, we're just waiting for all the facts. Yeah, that's there right. No fake Wait news for, out here. Yeah, no fake news. All right. So uh, we appreciate the listen. Look, we'll be back after Clemson. Uh, to wrap it up for the regular season and see where we're at and yep. go from there. So if you could go to, I'll say it again, facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation podcast. Thumb us up there. Go to Twitter if you would like to go to Twitter. We are at Q's Nation Show. Give us a follow on Twitter. That's what they call it. That's what the kids call it, a follow. So, oh, wow. uh, <laughs> so uh, that's it. We'll see you next time. Peace. You just heard the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine.
What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Comfortable. 